gospel light. God bless everybody. Good to see you all here today. Amen. Excited to be here and share with you all today. Amen. Uh, um, and for those who are watching online, we are glad that you are tuning in with us. Don't scroll, but, but stick around for a little while. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Um, before I jump into the, uh, into the word today, I want to pray for over our kids. Amen. Praise God. I don't know, kids. I remember when I was your age and around this time, you go to the stores and you start seeing the back-to-school stuff already, right? <laughs> we're, um, we're, we're hoping to do, um, actually, um, the, where Lori works at, they donated some food. A, a couple years ago, they, they, all their offices collected food, and then we were able to give that out in the community. This year, from what I understand, they're going to be giving school supplies and so, um, so we'll be able to bless those that might need it here, but then also in the community as well. Amen? Praise God. But why don't we just uh, stretch our hands towards our kids, um, and we just want to thank God for them, and we pray blessing over their time of ministry. Heavenly Father, we thank you for every kid that's here today, Lord, um, every young boy and girl, God. And, and as they grow and develop, Lord, we pray that their eyes would be on you. God, we know that your eyes are already on them. You love them. You have a purpose for them, a plan for them. God, we pray they would come to know that and they would believe that no matter what the world will tell them, God, that they would hold on to that. In Jesus' name, we pray over the teachers as well. God, be with them. Um, God, give them, uh, give them a word to share. God, give them love and patience in your anointing. In Jesus' name, we pray. And the church said... Amen. You guys could be dismissed to the back. For those who don't know, we do have kids ministry in the back. It's directly behind the church. We call it the kids port. Amen. And that's where the kids hang out. And, um, and also those of us who, who still feel like kids, anybody out there still feel like a kid? No? Nobody out there feels like a kid still? <laughs> Got a few? That's all right. We could, we could still have, we could still have fun. It doesn't matter what, what, what age we are, right? We could still loosen up a little bit, right? <laughs> Amen. So that, that's for kids up to age 12. Amen. So we thank God for that ministry. Amen. I was a product of that ministry. Amen. I grew up in the church. I was raised in the church. This is why it's so important. Bring your kids to church. Amen. Let them get raised up in the things of God. Amen. I'll say amen to that. Amen. amen. Praise God. New, new month means new series, guys. And uh, we're going to be talking this month. Uh, the, the series title is called Tough Talks. Tough Talks. Um, and um, do you consider yourself to be a good communicator. Anybody out there, you consider yourself to be a good communicator? Amen. Um, are you able to navigate difficult conversations? <laughs> um, this month, we're going to be learning from the best, not me, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> because how many know that Jesus had his fair share of difficult conversations? So this month, we're going to be looking at just a few of those, some, some difficult conversations that Jesus had him, found himself in and what we can learn from some of those interactions. Amen? You guys ready for that? All right, let's pray. Today's, uh, today's title is called, It's Getting Late. And if I take too long, you could just tell me, it's getting late, Pastor. No, I'm just <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just, we just pray. Uh, did somebody say he's getting late already? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just pray your blessing over the word today, God. We, um, we, we, commit, um, we commit this time to you, God. We pray that you would just encourage us, challenge us, God. Help us to learn something uh, from your word today, God. Help us to, to have our ears open and our hearts open, um, God, to, to what this interaction shows us about how we can learn to be better communicators in difficult times. Um, throughout both today and throughout this whole month. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. amen. 
I'm sure nobody has been exempt from having a tough conversation or two, especially this past year or two, right? Right? Put your hand up if you haven't had a tough conversation this past year. I, I, yeah, I, I had a feeling, right? We've all found ourselves in our fair share of them. Um, but um, I, I want to tell you, anybody ever hear of the Jesus film? The Jesus film. It's been out there for years. And, um, you know, it's basically just the gospel, you know, in a movie format, uh, the life of Jesus in a movie format. And we actually have some in the back um, if anybody wants any of those um, to give out to people. It's in multiple languages. Um, and uh, it, it's, it just shares, shares about the life and, life and times of Jesus. Amen. But anyways, the, uh, the Jesus Film Project actually had an article where they interviewed 1,600 people, guys. 1,600 people, um, and they were asking them about evangelism. And by the way, that movie is meant to be an evangelistic tool, right? And so they were asking different questions about evangelism. And one question they asked was, what prevents people from sharing their faith. What prevents people, Christians, where they're talking to, right? What, pre- what prevents Christians from sharing their faith? Um, and the number one reason was fear. Fear. 22% of the people said, I'm fearful of sharing my faith. Why? They're afraid of rejection. They're fr- afraid of hurting or damaging maybe an existing relationship that if I introduce, we're, ha- we're good friends, but if I start talking about Jesus, they may not like me anymore, or they may think I'm one of those crazy religious folks, and that's going to break our, break our relationship, you know. Um, also, people are afraid of coming off as too pushy. I don't want to shove it down their throat, and so I just don't share at all, right? Does that happen? You know, so there's many different reasons. Um, another, another fear is the fear of the tension, right? It's a tough conversation sometimes. You don't know how somebody's going to react. Amen? Sharing our faith at times can be a tough talk. Right? For some of us, it's not, right? You, you don't care who it is. You don't care when it is or whatever the case may be. It, it just, you have no problem. It doesn't bother you one bit. But if we were to take a survey of this room right now, I would think that some of us would probably fall in the category of, I am a little fearful sometimes to share my faith. And guess what? This message is not to condemn you, but hopefully to teach us a few things about a tough talk that Jesus had, amen, Um, right in the beginning of the book of John. Who knows where I'm going there? We're going to be looking at John chapter 3 and Jesus' tough talk with Nicodemus. Nicodemus, all right? So um, here's a quote. I want us to grab this. Here's a quote from that article. This is a good one, guys. Grab a hold of this one. It says, God is at work in everyone's life, drawing them to him. Our small conversations are just part of that process. Let me read that again. God is at work. Do you believe that? God is at work in everyone's life, drawing them to himself. This is what the Holy Spirit does, right? He draws us to himself. We have a small part. Our small conversations are part of that process. Turn to the person next to you and say, we get to be part of the process. Amen? But guess what? In order to be part of that process, sometimes you're going to have a tough talk or two along the way. Say amen. If you've ever had a tough talk trying to share Jesus with somebody. Anybody out there ever had a tough talk? (laughs) You thought it was going to go a little bit smoother than what it went, and it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. But how many know know that sometimes it's the other way around? 
that you thought it was going to go really bad and you held back and you held back and then you finally mustered up the courage, you started talking about Jesus and that person was open to the gospel and you were pleasantly surprised that, man, why didn't I do this sooner? Anybody ever been in that situation, right? Where you're like, oh no, they're going to hate me, they're going to hate me. What, you want to receive Jesus? (laughs) Oh, wow. We don't know, we don't know. So we just have to be a part of the process, amen? All right, so we're going to be looking at John chapter 3 today, um, and a good part of the chapter, we're going to be trying to kind of rush through, well, I don't want to rush through, but we're going to try to move through in a, in a somewhat of a quick pace. I think a lot of us are probably familiar with this passage, but I think we can learn five different um, communication tips during a late night tough talk that Jesus had with Nicodemus. Amen. And a quick background here is this is in the beginning of Jesus's ministry. So we know that in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he got baptized, right? He got baptized by John, his cousin. Um, Then he started calling some of his first disciples to himself, right? Then he had his first uh, public miracle, right, which was turning the water into wine, right? And then he starts doing other miracles, and people are starting to get to know who this person Jesus is, and they're curious, and they're interested and they want to find out more. Who is this person, Jesus, who is doing these things that we are not used to seeing, right? And, and uh, so that leads us up to this, uh, to this influential and, and prominent moment that we find in the beginning of, towards the beginning of the Gospel of John. If you want to stand with me, we'll just read a few of these verses together. Just the first two I'll read, you know, while you're standing, and you can sit for the rest of them as I kind of break them down in bite-sized chunks. I find that if, you try, if I try to go through too big of a chunk of a chapter in one shot, it's it just too much, right? So we're going to do little bite-sized chunks, right? So verse 1, um, it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. You can be seated. Amen. Praise God. Now, the first, uh, the first tip that I want to point out um, regarding this communication, we find two of them in these first two verses. The first is availability availability, right? Um, What happened here is uh, Nicodemus, he's a ruler, uh, he's a a religious leader, right, of the Jews, you know, a Pharisee, a religious teacher, right? He decides to meet Jesus um, at night. Why is that? Why did he meet him at night? You may say that's not a big deal. You know, we meet up at night all the time, but think about the context. Think about the day. Think about um, historically, right? They didn't have electricity back then, right? So, you know, you, we, we can turn on our lights at night, and it doesn't feel like nighttime, right, because it's bright in there, but they didn't have that. So, guess what? When the sun went down, it was time for bed. When the sun went down, everybody was in their houses, right? Um, it, sun up to sun down, right? As soon as the sun came up, it's time to go to work. As soon as the sun went down, it's time to rest, time to eat, time to get ready for the next day, right? And, and so, it's just part of the culture. Also, very hard, physically demanding jobs, right? A lot of walking, a lot of phys- how many? Uh, how many of us have had those days, you know, where you're just beat at the end of the day, and you're just ready to go to bed, like it's early, it's past, your, it's not even bedtime yet, but you're like, I'm going to bed. 
I'm worn out. I had one of those days, right? Now, they had a lot of those days because you think about it, right? They didn't just, they couldn't just jump in their car. No, they were walking a lot of times. They were working physically with their hands. At the end of the day, they were beat. They were tired, right? They were ready for bed. And, and, but, but yet, Jesus made himself available to have this important conversation with Nicodemus at night. Why else would they might, might have, have they met at night? It could be that Nicodemus was a little bit nervous to be seen with Jesus, right? Because he's still checking this guy out. I don't know, you know, we, I think he's doing some good things for God, right? He said it. We, we believe that you're from God. You're doing some things from God. Who's the we that he's talking about? He probably had like a group of other religious leaders that they were talking about this Jesus, and they were like, a few of them were like, hey, this guy's good. This guy, he must be from God, but we still don't fully know what he's really about, right? We want to check him out a little bit. So I don't know if they like had this talk and they drew lots. They, remember rock, paper, scissors, Robert? Maybe they did rock, paper, scissors, and they said, Nicodemus, you're going to go talk to him. I don't know. But, but somehow Nicodemus was the one, and he went at night. He, maybe he didn't want to be seen, you know, because it was maybe a little bit controversial still. This Jesus, we don't know who he is. Maybe he is from God. Maybe he's a false prophet. You know, maybe he's doing wrong things. Maybe so. Let me just let me just do this under the cover of nighttime, right? And and this would have been time for Jesus to rest too. But Jesus made himself available to have this tough talk, right? Are you available? Are we available? Think about that for a minute. Um, or or are we too busy to have these types of conversations? Are we too tired? to have these conversations. Think about it, right? You know, um, I'm sure Jesus was tired, but he made himself available. Amen? And uh, he didn't say, go see my secretary. He didn't say, let me check my calendar. <laughs> he didn't say, let's do this in the morning, right? He saw the opportunity, and he took it, and he welcomed it. How many of us have seen opportunities, but we were like the Samaritan um, in the story of the Samaritan, right, where the other, um, the other people passed the Samaritan by, like they saw the opportunity, but this seems like a tough situation. I'm not ready to tackle this one right now, and they kept, kept on walking. I've done that before, where it's like, you know what, I feel this urge. Maybe I should talk with this person, or maybe I should spend a few minutes, but you know what, I got places to go, people to see, so on and so forth. Meanwhile, are we available to have important kingdom conversations? Think about that for a minute. Amen? Number two, number two in the first, uh, in the same two verses, um, uh, another tip I think we find is that Jesus was approachable. Jesus was approachable, right? Think about that for a minute, right? You know, Jesus um, was greeted by this man, and, and this man, Nicodemus, said, you are a teacher. He called him rabbi, but yet he wasn't intimidated enough. He wasn't intimidated by that and still found Jesus approachable enough to engage him in that conversation. Um, how are we presenting ourselves to the world? Because if we are coming across as know-it-alls, as judgmental, <laughs> as hard, as not as not down to earth. What did we talk about last week, right? We, we talked about this idea that Paul was willing to become all things to all men in order that he, that he might win some, right? This idea that he, we have to be approachable. If we are not approachable, we will not have conversations like that. And then we will wonder, why do, why, how come nobody ever wants to talk to me about my faith? It could be that you're not approachable. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. It could be that we're not being approachable. Um, are we off-putting, Right? Think about it. How do we come across? Or do people seek you out? 
I've heard people come to me and say, you know what, people always seek me out. They always come to me with their problems and their issues, and I have an opportunity to minister to them. Amen, that's an open door. Use that, utilize that. But that means that you are approachable, that they are feeling comfortable enough to come and share their issues with you. Because if we are not, guess what? They won't because they f are fearful that you will judge them and you're going to look down on them, right? And you're going to tell them shame on you or something like that, right? But if we are approachable, it opens the door for the gospel. And it makes a tough talk that much easier. Say amen to that. Amen. amen. Number three, we're going to read the next uh, chunk of verses before I, before I give it to you. It starts in verse three here. It says, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So is it with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher? Listen to this, guys. Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, I, I, I like that, truly, truly. <laughs> I say to you, <laughs> we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Amen. So there was a lot there, right? <laughs> um, but we're just going to give one tip, uh, one tip in that little chunk, and that it is important when you're having these kind of talks of sharing your faith to know how to alternate between natural and spiritual, to be able to transition and alternate. I went with alternate. If you hadn't noticed, I'm going with A's today. <laughs> so availability, approachability, alternate, right? So alternate between the natural and the spiritual, right? So if we just come, come at somebody with all this spiritual lingo, lingo and terminology, what do you think is going to happen? If they don't know Jesus, what's going to happen to those words? <laughs> It's just going to fly over their heads. They don't understand that. They're not. They didn't grow up in church. They don't. They're coming to you because they have questions, right? Um, they don't know. They don't. And, and let's be honest. Sometimes we don't even know the lingo, and we're trying to throw it out there <laughs> to look more spiritual or to seem like we know. But let's just be natural about it, right? And Jesus knew how to go from natural to spiritual and back to natural and back to spiritual and just alternate back and forth in order to like make connections and in order to kind of connect parallels and connect the dots, so to speak. Amen? That's a gift. That's an important part of this conversation, right? Amen? Um, for those of us who are using um, the discipleship book, right, Brother Kind, the, uh, these 30 discipleship principles, one of the questions that it asks is, and I love this question, how can you paraphrase the key verse in your own words? And you'd be surprised how so many people have a hard time with that. Why? Because we're so used to hearing those key verses from the, from the pulpit, and this is how we know them, and we, and we have to say it exactly that way. But can you actually break that down in your own words so that somebody on the street can understand it? It, it, it actually, you have to think about it a little bit, right? You actually have to think, how can I say this in a plain way that somebody who's never heard about Jesus will understand what I'm saying? Natural to spiritual, natural to spiritual. So what did Jesus do? If you go back to verse um, 3, what does he say? I, 
unless you are born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So born again, we look at that as a spiritual term, right? But really, Jesus was talking like a natural term, this idea of being born, right? And, and, and this, is, this is why Nicodemus said, but how can I be born again? How can I go back into my mother's womb, right? He's understanding it in a natural way. But this is how Jesus used a natural term to connect a spiritual principle, right? And so we often, we, we, this is, they, they don't use that term born again, you know, very often in the scripture, right? But this, this idea that we really grabbed onto it as believers, born again, born again. We really grabbed onto that for some reason. But why? I think because it really creates like this, this great picture in our minds, right? This idea of I was born once, but I can be born again. What does that mean? What does that look like? And, and so Nicodemus is like, I don't understand. How, I'm old. I can't be born again, right? <laughs> and uh, he tells them there are two different births. There is a, you can be born of water, talking about a natural birth, right? Um, we know that they, they, we use the term the water broke, right? It's not actual water, right? There's fluid and different things, but it's this idea, right, that we can be born naturally, but then there's an opportunity to be born spiritually, Right? And so he says, that which is flesh is flesh, but that is, that of, that is of spirit is spirit. He's saying there's two different things that I'm talking about here. And, and he's really grabbing Nicodemus' attention at this point, right? For those of us who have heard this story a million times, it's like, yeah, we know this. We've heard this many times. But you have to understand, from Nicodemus' perspective, this is a totally new teaching. This is a totally new concept. This is not something that they have ever heard before, right? We laugh at him born again, what, you know, he's, what is Nicodemus, why does Nicodemus think that he's talking about going back into the womb? Be, because we know the story, but if you've never heard this before, this is mind-blowing. This is, this is totally different, totally different from anything that's been taught and, and, and what they're, and, and, and it also kind of unhinges Nicodemus's belief and the Jewish belief that we are born of Abraham, and because we are born of Abraham, we have a birthright, and that birthright means that we are special and we are different, right? right? We, are, we are chosen people, right? We have a ticket into heaven because we are sons of Abraham. But Jesus really is almost kind of attacking this belief here and letting them know that that's not enough. Your natural birth is not enough. You also have to understand a spiritual birth, and, and, and this is really like groundbreaking and earth-shattering in this moment. He's really unhinging everything that he's been taught growing up, right? And he's a teacher of the law, and he teaches others this, that we are different from those Gentiles. We are sons of Abraham because we are his sons. We are righteous. And Jesus is saying, unless you've been born, not in the natural sense, but you have to be sons of Abraham in the spiritual sense, because we know that Abraham was called righteous because he believed, right? And, and, and so, so it's this whole thing, right, that's taking place here, this whole tough talk, right? It's tougher than what it appears to be on the, because Jesus is really ripping to shreds everything that Nicodemus has ever thought to be true here. That's a tough talk. You ever had a conversation like that with somebody where you were so sure about something, but then you walked out of that room thinking, everything that I know is a lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> mind blown, right? Like, what? I thought this was how it was. And you're telling me that it's not? <laughs> so think about that for a minute. This idea, but I love this. Jesus goes natural to spiritual again here, and he goes, those that are born of the Spirit, it is like the wind that blows. The wind blows. You can see the trees 
blow, moving, right? You can feel the wind on your skin, but do you see it? So it is he who was, who was born of the Spirit, right? It's this idea that I can, you, you, can see, you can see and do certain things. You know, when a baby is born, you can see that. I can see that clearly a baby is born. When a woman is pregnant, you can see that she is expecting, right? But, but we can't see the spiritual birth in the same way that we see the natural birth. But yet, it is still very real. He is saying, you, that wind touches you, you know it, right? That wind, that wind moves the tree, you can see it. And, and, and when we are born again of the Spirit, there are things that change on the inside of us, and we know that something's different. We know that we are not the same as what we, we know that we have been touched by God. We know that the Spirit has done something new on the inside of us. However, when you look at me, I look like the same person on the natural, but on the spiritual side of things, everything is different. Everything is different. And he's saying, you have to look with different eyes, Nicodemus. You're looking with the natural eyes, but I'm trying to open your spiritual eyes. Amen? Ready for the next chunk? Verses 13 to 15. And, and it reads um, in verse 13, No one can ascend into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And when, when you see the Son of Man in the Gospels, it's a reference to Jesus, right? Um, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Guys, Jesus is, is doing something right here. He is, he, he is taking a sharp turn right here. And, and, and what he is doing is amazing. And, and, and here's the tip. Answer the question. <laughs> answer the question. And you may say, what question? Nicodemus asked a bunch of them. Well, if you go back to the beginning, Nicodemus didn't really ask a question, but he kind of like infers one. What does he first say to Jesus? When he says, when he comes to Jesus, he says, Jesus, we know that you are a teacher and a rabbi, but the things that you do show us that you have come from God. So he didn't really ask a question there, but I think his statement is like begging a question. He's really wanting Jesus to answer, who are you? Tell me who you are. I think I'm calling you teacher, but the things that you're doing are showing me that you are more than a teacher. The things that you're doing show me that you are touched by God, you are from God. But, but, but really, the question was on the edge of his tongue. He wanted to say, Tell me really who you are, because I, I, I have some thoughts, but, but I don't really know. But I know there's something different about you. Please tell me. And he didn't actually ask it, but, but I believe Jesus knew the question that was on Nicodemus' mind. And so he comes back after, see, instead of answering that right away and telling him, yes, you're right, Nicodemus, I am Jesus, I am the Son of God. No. What did he do? He starts talking to him about being born again. And you might say, why did Jesus go that direction? Why did he like veer off? Why is he like avoiding what, what Nicodemus is really trying to get at here? But, but Jesus knows what he is doing, and Jesus will always come back around and answer the question that is in our hearts. Amen? And so, too, when we have tough talks and we're sharing our faith with Jesus, sometimes people are going to ask you some crazy questions. Like Nicodemus is like, how can I be born again? Can I go back into my mother? Jesus knew how to, how to, how to touch those things, but then come back and answer the real question that was on Nicodemus' heart. See, sometimes when you go out and you witness to people, you get stuck on rabbit trails, and they'll start saying, but is the earth flat or round? 
Are there aliens or are there not? Yes, yes, I understand that that's a question that you have, and you can engage a little bit on that, but don't get stuck on the rabbit trails. Come back and answer the real question that they, is behind the question that they are asking. They are asking about aliens, and they are asking about whether the earth is round or flat. Really, are they, really what are they wanting to know is, is the stuff that you say really true? Because the stuff that science tells me is otherwise, but they want to know, how do I gauge the difference between the two? This is really what they're asking, right? So we need to know how to navigate, right? Go between the natural and the spiritual, but then come back and answer the question. Answer the question that they're asking. Nicodemus comments that Jesus is from God, and I love what Jesus does here. He says, no one has ascended into heaven except the one who has descended. So he, initially, what did Nicodemus say? We know that you are from God. But from God could have meant a lot of things, that you are anointed by God. I don't think that Nicodemus was necessarily saying that you are the son of God here. Why do I say that? Because his other questions, right? His other questions gave an indication that he doesn't really understand the spiritual side of it. And even Jesus kind of almost rebukes him. You are a teacher of the law and you do not understand, right? So Nicodemus is not making a statement of faith when he said that necessarily, but he is making a connection that you are doing godly things, that God has touched you or anointed you in some way to be able to perform these miracles, right? And now Jesus is coming back around to that question, and he is saying, there's only one who has come down from heaven. In other words, there's only one who is from God, and that is the one who has descended, right? And what is he basically saying? I am the one. <laughs> I am the one. Yes, I am from God. You got that right, Nicodemus, but more than, what, more than what you realize, I am from God. I am literally from God. I literally descended. And if you have any questions, if anybody else ever came up and went down, nobody else has, only one, and that's the Son of God. That's the Son of Man. And this is what Jesus is starting to unfold here. Now, you, can you imagine Nicodemus? His mind is really probably spinning a million miles per hour at this point, like, whoa, wait a minute, what did I just walk into? You know, because we know that Jesus rubbed a lot of the fear the wrong way and they called him blasphemous because he was claiming to be the son of God. So at this moment, maybe Nicodemus's red flag is starting to go up, right? High alert, high alert, blasphemy alert. This guy is claiming to be from God. What does he say? And then he goes a step further, guys. Verse 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Numbers 21, guys, is where this original story takes place. Now, Nicodemus is a teacher of the law, so he's going to know this story very well. And in the story, in, in the story, it goes like this. The people are sinning, right? Um, they're in the wilderness, right? Moses is leading the people out of Egypt, and the people keep sinning. They keep grumbling. They keep complaining. They keep falling into idol worship and all these other things, right? And so God looses poisonous snakes who start to strike and kill people in the desert. And then God tells Moses, craft a snake, a bronze snake, put it on a pole and lift that pole up. And anybody who looks on that pole will be saved from the venom bites. 
Now, it's really a bizarre story when you think about it because it seems like that sounds kind of weird. That sounds kind of like idol worship. That kind of, we're looking at an image of a, and a snake, you know, of anything, right? We know that, the, that right from the beginning, right, the image of the snake was not a good image. And why are we looking to this snake, right? You could draw a lot of, the, I could go, we could go on a rabbit trail if we start talking about that too much. That's a whole different topic. But just understand the connection that Jesus was making here. He says, you are, he's basically telling him, Nicodemus, you are a teacher of the law, so you'll know this one. And let me show you how I fit into this story. Just as the snake was lifted up and the people who were, who were ready to die looked upon it and were saved, so too the Son of Man will also be lifted up and through him will find eternal life. Now all those who were bit by the snake looked on the snake and lived, but then they died a natural death and died again at some later point, right? And we know that only a few of them actually entered into the promised land. So most of those people who got saved in that moment from looking on that snake died just a couple years later. But he's saying, if you look at me, the one that's going to be lifted up, you're going to have eternal life. You're not going to die of a snake bite. You're not going to die. You're going to live forever. And, and so now Nicodemus is really probably like draw, draw wide open, draw on the floor. He doesn't know what to say to all of this right? And you're going to get to moments like that when you're having a tough talk with somebody where now you really have engaged them and this, or, this is your moment now to transition into the gospel. Because if you wait, they're going to come back with more questions and more, right, take you off. But now that Nicodemus is like struck, like, uh, <laughs> Jesus is like, Boom, he's going to go for it now, right? So, so he answers the question, right? Um, and then here's the, here's the next portion, verse, verse 16 to 21, right? It says, for God so loved the world, right? The most quoted scripture, right, of all, right? This tough talk turned into the most influential, that has, leads us to the most influential salvation verse that we are aware of, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world through him might be saved. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment the light has come into the world. The people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does, does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So Jesus just went from that little back and forth to boom, gospel message, straight gospel message, right? So here's the next tip. Aim for the truth. Aim for the truth. When you're having a tough talk, don't just dance around the truth. Don't just think, I'm getting a little closer to sharing the truth. I've done that before. I don't know if anybody else has, where you've kind of tiptoed, like, I'm going to have a little talk about Jesus with this one. And, and, and sometimes that's the right move, maybe. And maybe the Lord will, will tell you that. Maybe the Lord will tell you, just give him a little bit today. But if the person is engaged, if the person is open, if the person is willing, why would you save it for another day? Tomorrow is not promised. If you give them a little bit of the gospel and they die in a car crash tomorrow, can you imagine? Can you imagine that? If somebody is there and if somebody is willing to engage you and if somebody is open to hearing what you are sharing, you must 
aim for the truth. You must present the truth. This is the most important out of all the five points. Aim for the truth. Jesus saw that he had a captive audience, and he went straight for the heart. The straight gospel. And how does it start? God so loved the world. Let me tell you something, Nicodemus. This stuff that I'm telling you about, it, this plan isn't my plan. It came from heaven. It came from God. He loved this world so much that he sent, right? He sent his son. <laughs> he, sent, he sent me. <laughs> he sent me, right? That all those who believe in me shall not die, but shall have everlasting life. And, he, and, and then he goes on to say that he didn't send me to bring judgment on, onto this world, but to save the world from judgment. But here's the, here's the hard truth, Nicodemus. Here's the hard truth. The world already stands condemned. The world is already condemned, and I am the answer. God sent the answer. See, if we don't receive this answer, I am already condemned. I am not here to condemn you because we are all condemned. Apart from Christ, there is a death sentence. Apart from Jesus, there is only one solution, and there is only one ending point. Jesus came to give us a better way and a different option. Jesus is the truth, the life. He is the only way. Amen? Amen? And so he's saying, but here's the thing, Nicodemus. Not everybody is going to receive this message because this message is light and light exposes darkness and the ones that choose not to receive this message are more enjoy, they more enjoy to be in the dark than they do in the light. Now going back to the original context, where are they? They're in the night, it's in the night, it's dark. And so he's probably saying like Nicodemus, look around, look how dark it is. Everybody is walking around in this darkness. I am here to bring light. My light will expose this darkness, and some people are not going to like that because they would much rather hide around in the dark and do the things that they know they are not supposed to do because they don't want to receive the truth. And so what does that in, in essence do that draws a line in the sand for Nicodemus to say, which side are you going to be on? Do you want to be with the light? Or do you want to keep having night, nighttime conversations and running around in darkness? Tough talk. Tough talk. See, a lot of times when we're, we, we, we focus on John 3, 16, because it's the love of God. Yes, amen. That's where it starts. But guess what? We can't just talk about the love of God and not talk about why the love of God was needed. It was needed because we are condemned apart from Jesus Christ. We are dead in our sins. We need to be born again. It go, and then it goes right back to the initial thing that Jesus started talking about. You must be born again. Why? Because we are condemned. And unless we are born again and find our faith in Jesus Christ, we are lost in the darkness. We are lost. Tough talk. Tough talk. Remember who he's talking to here. A religious leader. Somebody revered in the community. Somebody who is right? The, the, the Pharisees were called righteous ones. That's literally what their title means. They are righteous ones. And Jesus is basically saying, it's not good enough. Your righteousness is not good enough unless you are born again, unless you receive the truth, unless you understand who Jesus is. Amen? That's a tough talk, right? Amen. In closing, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 says, 
Paul says this, I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. We all have a part to play. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have a part to play. Sometimes it's going to be a tough talk, but it has to start with a talk, right? It has to start with a talk, conversations. Sometimes they're going to be tough, but it has to start there. And, and guess what? God is not judging you on your performance. God just wants you to have the talk. God just wants you to share the truth. God just wants you to be available. God wants you to be accessible. God wants you to be able to not be so spiritual that you can't talk about natural things and bridge them over to spiritual things. Amen. God wants you to answer the question, the true question that's in their heart. And God wants us to always aim for the truth. Would you stand with me? Who is it that maybe God would have you have a tough talk with this week? Is there someone that maybe God has already been nudging you? Hey, start talking to that person about me. Hey, share. Share a little bit about me with that person. Hey, does that person know you're a Christian? Think about that for a minute. And you may say, of course, because I post Bible verses. <laughs> on my, on my, that's how people know that I'm a Christian. And yeah, you, God can use those Bible verses. God can encourage somebody through the Word, right? The Word does what it does. But you know what does better? Us sitting down and explaining that Word to them. Us actually showing them what that Word means, right? Amen? So, before I close in prayer, I just want to take a brief moment to just say, if there's anybody here today who has not crossed over from death to life and has never been born again and doesn't fully understand and maybe was in the place that Nicodemus was where you're still not fully sure what does that mean and, and, and you know what? Jesus didn't say, you don't know what that means, I'm done with you. No, he continued to talk with them and explain and share. And so this is what we're here to do today. So would we just close our eyes for a moment? And two things. One, if that's you, and you want to receive Christ. You want to, you, you want to understand what does it mean to have that spiritual birth? What does it mean to put my trust in Jesus? What does it mean to know him as my Lord? What does it mean to believe in him as my Savior? Would you just put your hand up? And we'd love to pray with you. Amen. And, and on the flip side, if you are a Christian, you are a believer, you, you've, you've been following Christ, you understand what it means to walk with him. But you have a hard time with this talk. You have a hard time sharing your faith. You have a hard time bridging that, those conversations. Amen. Would you put your hand up for a moment? Amen. And you know what? There's no shame in any of this. The only shame is, is in us not trying to get better. Amen. Because we want to learn from Jesus. And Jesus was the master communicator. I want to be like him. How about you? Amen. So um, right now, I just want to pray a prayer. Lord, I pray, God, that, that you help us wherever we are at. For those, for those who, who, who might want to receive you right now, God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just give them, uh, illuminate their heart and their mind right now. And if that's you, you can just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I want to be like Nicodemus. I have questions but I believe that you can answer them. 
I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came from heaven to die for my sins. I believe that apart from you, there is no life. I want to know you as my personal Lord and Savior. I don't want just religion and rules. I want relationship and life. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, that's, that starts the process, and now we continue it through discipleship. So if you did pray that prayer, make sure you come talk to me afterward. Amen. And we want to continue that process. And Lord, I pray also, God, for those of us, uh, myself included, who, who have, have tough times sometimes having conversations about you. We slow ourselves down because of fear, and we, we assume things will happen, and, we don't, and we, maybe we're right, maybe we're wrong, but it's fear stops us. God, we don't want to be stopped by fear. Lord, help us to speak the truth in all situations. Help us to be available, God, to have these conversations. Help us to be approachable and that people are not shunned by us and we don't shun them away, but they feel welcome in coming to us and talking with these, in these kind of ways. Help us to understand how to make things simpler and more clear for people to be able to, to grasp and understand some of these concepts. Lord, help us to always come back to the main question, which is who is Jesus? And God, help us to always be able to aim for the truth. Speak the truth in love. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. 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 You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Who's ready to have some tough talks this week? Amen. Come on, somebody. Who, who's ready to have some tough talks? Amen. Amen. <laughs>